Nevada basketball is Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host Austin. We welcome you to the fiftieth episode of our show. We've come a long way since episode one of Pack Center back in was it February of twenty seventeen. We've had a lots of ups and downs. We've interviewed some pretty high profile guests. Like Jordan Caroline, Timo, Cody Fajardo, uh, Alex Boy. We also interviewed Aaron Norvell to get a. Uh, t- so we have uh, have officially become Hollywood, and I think Nevada basketball is becoming Hollywood as well. Oh yeah. Uh, based on the way that they've come back this weekend against GCU and Arizona State, and boy, the, the basketball team could not have gotten off to a slower start in either of those games. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was flat from the tip, and then they just, it was just their shooting was off, and um, they they had to they were forced to find other ways to score, and um, thankfully they did, and um, the high point is our defense. We keep playing that way with our defense. Um, we're gonna be hard to stop, but we definitely need to start showing up earlier, and uh, start hitting our baskets. Yeah. So in this game. Uh... Arizona State once led by 15, but at the end of the half, they uh, they led 36-24, uh, and then Nevada was able to come back and win 72-66. to Big games from Jordan Caroline as he dropped 16, Caleb dropped 15, Cody 11. You really saw big minutes out of Jazz Johnson and not so much out of Trey Porter, which I think is becoming the norm for Nevada basketball. They start with a big lineup, and then they want to go small ball and have have a shooter on the have a shooter on the floor. So I really don't hate it. Uh, Nevada did turn the ball over eleven times, so I'm sure they want to tur- uh, lower that number down. But we mentioned on the show last week trying to stop that Luegens Dort, their freshman, who was their leading scorer on the on the year, and he dropped twenty four points on nine and nineteen shooting. So although he did score twenty four points, nine and nineteen shootings not horrible. Right, and he's the type of he's the type of athlete who who's definitely capable of dropping more. Um, so I think kudos to our defense for uh, stepping up and stopping him. I mean, he was definitely their our biggest threat going into the game. Um, but yeah, with the lineup, I think Jazz Johnson is gonna continue to get crazy amounts of uh, minutes, especially if we keep seeing um, the zone defense played against us. I think we'll start off big with Trey Porter, and then we just need the shooting. We, um, Especially we saw against GCU, we'll touch on, with Caleb kind of missing his shots. We need a shooter, um, and Jazz is that shooter coming off the bench for us. So um, expect him to get, keep getting minutes for sure. Um, and I, I like it how he comes off the bench. I think it's a nice scoring uh, uplift for us. I think another player who had a very good weekend was Jordan Brown. Yep. He didn't put in a lot of minutes, but in the nine minutes he put in, he grabbed – Three boards, had one assist, and had two very clutch blocks. And so, and we'll talk about his game against uh, against Grand Canyon, but he really did have an impact on the defensive end of the floor. And that's something I think Musk really likes, what him and Trey Porter bring, anchoring down the center position, able to affect shots at the rim. And that's something Nevada ne- di- didn't have last year. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see um, Jordan Brown, like, start playing into his own and start getting comfortable with this group because um, we all know like his accolades coming into college so it's nice to see him kind of perform um, and given the opportunity to perform um, playing more minutes now and yeah exactly it, even though he didn't put up points against ASU um, those blocks I think I mean it was all over social media I think 
his defensive presence really flipped this game. Um, those blocks were key, and um, he provided energy off the bench that really sparked this um, comeback against ASU. Um, definitely vital down the stretch. Uh, huge game. I'm excited to see Jordan Brown continue to put up more minutes, especially um, now that our quote-unquote harder part of the schedule is over with now. Uh, maybe we'll start see uh, start to see him get more minutes, especially now that conference play is starting to come up. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, in the three games since uh, they played Tulsa, UMass, Loyola Chicago, and USC, Jordan Brown got a combined 11 minutes of play. So it was good to see him get nine minutes of play and actually do something in those in those nine minutes. Yeah, those two blocks were very crucial. Uh, Nevada, as a team, they had seven blocks on the game, which uh, that Trey Porter block was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he had two. Trayshawn Thurman had one, and then the Twins had one. So it was interesting to see how, ne- how Nevada's defense limited the 20th-ranked Arizona State Sun-, Sun Devils to only 66 points. A team that is pretty good on the offensive end, and this is this is something that we that has been consistent all year is Nevada's defense. It ranks one of the top in the nation, or it ranks towards the top in the nation. I know Musk at the end of the Washington game said that uh, we we are one of the worst defensive teams in the country, which honestly, looking at that now, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um... Well, after that Washington game, we, we talked on the show. We all thought it was just hype to get them to start playing better. But um, I think it's – our our defense is something that we haven't had recently at Nevada basketball. Was, last year our defense was definitely at a low point. But um, it's exciting to see how good our team can be um, playing this way and just be able to rely on our defense, which is something new, is, is awesome. And I think that's um, – attributed to Trey Porter and Jordan Brown definitely I mean Trey the, that block was unreal that started the that started the run and then it was Caleb that made that and one and then it was just huge so I think our defense is it's nice to be able to put like our hat on our defense and be able to say like we could play good teams because we can hold them to 66 points like we did to Arizona State Arizona State's a great team and they they can score the ball at will and to hold them to 66 points says a lot about our defense in my opinion it was great to see the defense actually come out but this is something we've seen last year like Nevada's a second half team and I don't get what happens what must set I don't know what must says at halftime I, I'd like to know because uh what they really did is how they flipped the switch. In the, in the second half. In the first half, they got to the line. Nevada got to the line 11 times, making seven of them. But in the second half, they got to the line 13 times, making uh, 12 of them. And it's weird because looking at field goal percentages, in the first half, Nevada only made eight field goals. In the second half, Nevada made 17. So I don't know what, what happens. Is there like a, a light switch in the, in the in the locker room, like, Turn it on in the second half. I don't know. I don't know, but if if we want to compete with the highest of the teams in the NCAA right now, come March, we need to get that figured out for sure. Um, we can't go up against the Duke or Gonzaga and and play slow in the first half. There's no way. But um, I'm sure glad they get they have it figured out in a half. I think must must either lie to fire or just break down some new strategies or something. But um, I think for the ASU game, we can attribute that to that being their first true 
top 25 team that they're facing, I think it was kind of a a punch in the face. And um, it took a little bit of time to adjust, but man, once they did, it was uh, it was a totally another a totally different game. And uh, yeah, thank God for Musk firing up at half because uh, I don't know if we would have got this W if he didn't. Speaking of slow starts, we move into the second game of the weekend. A quick turnaround for the Wolfpack as they tr- they went to Phoenix to play Grand Canyon. Now, this game was definitely not a neutral site game. This was definitely a home game for Grand Canyon. And something that stuck out to me was uh, Mark Titus, uh, some basketball fame. He said, Grand Canyon student section is getting louder and louder as GCU uh, leads lead builds, which is a dead giveaway that they've never seen a Nevada basketball game before. Yeah. Which I think is the most uh, accurate thing ever because – no lead, as we saw in last year's tournament, no lead is safe for the Wolfpack. Uh, no no deficit is safe, actually. Right. So, Nevada started this game. They they were down 11 nothing. They could not score a point in the first five minutes of the game. And someone, I think, had a very big game, obviously Jordan Caroline. But Jordan Brown came in, uh, had six quick points. Uh, really, really, I think, turned the momentum around. He went three or four shooting uh, in in eight minutes of play. So I do think that he had a big impact. Uh, Nevada uh, did win 74-68. They were winning at halftime, which was a shocker, 34-32, based on the way they played it. But then they were able to pull out the to widen their lead and secure the W. Right. And, um, again, I think it comes down to our defense. It, it, to be able to come out so slow offensively and still be able to kind of not even get worried and as a fan kind of sit back and be like okay what's going on but not really like getting worried is attributed to our defense and how good our defense is this year I love it I love watching our defense play um and I think we're only going to get better uh but Jordan Brown I think you talked about it perfectly he's that was this huge spark coming off the bench I mean he only played eight minutes he had si- he had six points one steal at I think he's getting better and better as every single game goes on. He's getting more comfortable with the group, and I think that's something that we just needed to wait and see. And I still think we do um, for him to get continue to get more minutes, maybe to get to that 15, 20-minute mark. Um, but, again, Jazz Johnson having huge minutes off the bench, I think that was attributed, again, to, this, to the uh, zone, zone defense. He had 19 points. So I think it's good to see that when – one shooter on our team gets kind of cold, like Caleb was on, at GCU. It's good to see Jazz Johnson be able to step in and uh, take that role. He went three for four from uh, three-point line. So I think it's good to see when one or two people kind of go flat on the offense, other people can step up. And I think that's something that we didn't have last year, which will um, push us farther in March this year. Yeah, and I think one thing about Jazz's game doesn't go unnoticed is that he's the best free throw shooter on the team. He went 8-for-8 eight eight, um, from the line. Uh, he made some very clutch free throws. Nevada, Nevada's a team shot 29 free throws. They made 24 of them, which is something we're used to seeing earlier in the year that kind of got halted, uh, USC low, Chicago. But their shooting percentages, other than the free throw, were just horrible this game. Yeah. They shot 43% from the field, 27.3% from the three-point line, and that's just not a very good game. In comparison, Grand Canyon shot 41% from the field, lower than Nevada, but then they did shoot 47% from uh, three. But again, Nevada's offense, I think, 
I wouldn't say it's the problem, but they they turned the ball they turned the ball over fourteen times this game, which isn't which is isn't normal for a must team. Yeah, I I agree. Um, against ASU and GCU, we saw our turnover rates go up, which is something that's yeah not characteristic. I think we are averaging eight before these two games. Um, so definitely more than what we saw. But yeah, I think I think our three point shooting was definitely our weak point for this game in particular. Um, Caleb went one for eight from the three point line, which is not good. Caleb went zero for three. Jordan Caroline went two for five. Um, so I I just think going later on in the season, our three point shooting needs to get better. We've said this from the start of the season, but we didn't really see it evident until now. Um, I think it was just a one game kind of stunt. I I attribute it to the short turnaround. Um, you know, playing on Friday and then turning around and playing on Sunday again in a quote-unquote neutral setting, which wasn't neutral yeah, setting. Yeah, no, that was not. But um, I just think I just think this game was kind of a glitch, and I think our shooting will continue to get better. Um, but I do think Jazz Johnson needs to continue to see the floor like he has been. If if Nevada had a student section that could fit seven thousand people, right, it'd be one of the loudest venues in the country. I like agree. that's just that's just saying. Like there were seven thousand students in Phoenix. Uh, uh, yeah, Grand Canyon students that went to this game, they got school credit for this, which I think is the most ridiculous thing ever and probably the coolest thing ever. But Jordan Caroline did a, did notch his seventh double-double on the year. He had uh, he had 22 points, 14 boards. Caleb Martin also had a double-double, 13 and 12. So it was good to see that they were grabbing boards, uh, which is something they struggled against Arizona, as Arizona State. But on the on the year, this puts Nevada at ten and zero. Their best tied for their best start in Division One era, tied with the nineteen sixty nine seventy season. Uh, their next home game is uh, Saturday when they face South Dakota State, a very good team. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But this this stretch for Nevada was really tough. They've won six games over the past just under a month. All of them away from Reno, which I do think is really tough because they've won at Loyola Chicago, at SC, they won at the Staples Center, and then they won in Phoenix. So those are four drastic venues, and you can say three. You can say three of them are true road games. Yeah, um, if you need an, any any sort of indication on how good this Nevada basketball team is. Just look at how many, how many road wins they're able to win in a row. I mean, this this team is has hasn't been home since like it seems like October, and yeah. they continue to to win. Um, it's a it was a hard game in Phoenix. Definitely wasn't a neutral site game. It's hard playing in Staples Center because the backdrop and the atmosphere is just so different than a college uh, yep. arena, and it's just. It's amazing to see this team play the way they are, um, even though they're going down in rankings. But, that I mean, it's justified. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in <laughs> right. a couple of minutes. But, I mean, it's just what this team is doing is truly remarkable, and uh, I'm glad people are starting to take notice at a national level. And uh, it's fun to watch, and it's fun to be a student right now for sure. Yeah, um, 100%. But I do think that it's – it is interesting because this is what Musk does. Musk schedules these road games. There was a time where Nevada, uh, what was it? It was a quick turnaround between last year. It was like we played Texas, I think, or what is Texas Tech or TCU in like a span of like 
three days. So this is nothing new to Musk. Musk wants to this these road games build character. They build. Uh, they show you what the team is. They show you that it, you can win in environments that are tough. And I do think that being able to handle handle the road elements of SC, Loyola Chicago, which is a very tough place to play, uh, Grand Canyon and their rowdy fans, I think Nevada can handle the the toughest, quote-unquote, uh, uh, the toughest uh, arenas in the Mountain West, whether it's San Diego State, the Pits in New Mexico, Boise, which, which uh, the one of them, the one place most hasn't won yet is San Diego State, and that's something I do think that this team can do. Uh, looking at some other stats from this game, uh, Cody and K- uh, Caleb and Jordan Caroline have scored in double figures in all ten games, which I think is impressive. Looking at some other individual stats, uh, Jordan Caroline ranks in third in double doubles in the nation. 12th in defensive rebounds per game, 16th in uh, total rebounds, 17th in rebounds per game, and 22nd in free throws made. Jazz Johnson ranks 5th in the nation in 3-point percentage and 12th in free throw percentage. And Cody Martin ranks 17th in the nation in total assists. So it's good to see that Nevada is having these players step up in big-time moments and have contributed all year. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we have we have players on this team who are at the top of their game on a national level, and it's just it's absolutely crazy that they play for our team. And uh, Jordan Caroline's a perfect example of that. I mean, he has put up seven double-doubles in ten games. He's won now four play, uh, Player of the Weeks for the Mountain yes, West. Yes, that's, that's also true. It's, he's just— Wait, is it— Four, four correct? Or three, 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 and, five, team, three the, and five weeks, four, four yeah. as a team, yeah. Four as a team because Caleb won one. And it's just he is just going insane, and um, and it's great to watch because I'm I'm just glad they're on our team and they're uh, putting up numbers for us, and it's great to watch. Jazz Johnson uh, continues to be lights out from three, fifth in the nation from three-point percentage, and um, it's great. I'm excited to see what they can do going forward um, against uh, South Dakota State. Yeah, and um, speaking of South Dakota State, the seventh-ranked Wolfpack returned back to Lawler to face the eight and three South Dakota State Jackrabbits. South Dakota State comes into this game uh, most recently beating beating the Southern University Jaguars, but on the year they've beaten uh, teams like Colorado State. They beat Northern Illinois. They beat Grand Canyon. They lost to Florida Gulf Coast. They lost to Tulane, and then they lost to Memphis. Memphis is a very good team. They kept that game close to six uh, to eight points. And this is a team that's really good. You're you're gonna have one one key guy, Mike Dom or uh, Duom. Uh, he averages twenty five points a game, ten boards. He's their version of Jordan Caroline. Just scores a bit more. I think it will be very interesting to see uh, how these two teams match up. Looking on paper, Nevada should easily beat them, uh, and that is just based on uh, ESPN, one of their their matchup percentage. But this is but this is a team that comes in winners of four of their last five, so I think it'll be very interesting. Six o'clock tip off, ESPN three Saturday. Make sure to be there. Uh, this is the first time they've. This is their first time in quite feels like October that they're home. Yeah, but this is a team that averages 80, uh, 83 points a game. They lost 71. 
They shoot the ball 50% from the field. Um, they they steal the ball five times a game, which is more than Nevada. But I think it'll be a very interesting game. I think I think this game might be close. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be closer than uh, people predict. Um, but if if we want to win, we have to shut down Mike Dom, and I think that's something that we won't have a problem with. I mean, we've talked about it how our defense has the ability to focus on their main guy and really lock him down for the. Um, for the entire game, really. I mean, he's averaging a double double, and that's just something we have to uh, we have to um, really game plan for and lock him down. He's he's a great he's a great scorer. We've seen him in March before. He's he's been he's been consistent for South Dakota State, and um, I'm just I'm excited to see how they lock him down. I think we get the um, the win, but I think it like you said, I think it is closer than people um, are expecting. It helps that it's out Lawler, and um, I'm excited to get Lawler rocking. Like, yeah, I think they haven't been back there since October, or at least. So um, it's good to it's good to see him in Lawler, and hopefully get this win. South South Dakota State might be a team you see in the tournament. Like, yeah, I agree. They're they're a team that can easily win their division. They're the number one in the, I think it's the Summit uh, League. And so uh, I, I do think this is a team that will help Nevada uh, that they beat a tournament team. Another team that really helps Nevada is the fact that Tulsa beat Kansas State. Uh, and Kansas yeah. State was 16th in the nation. That helps the Wolfpack. Looking at uh, Joe Lenardi's recent bracketology, which came out today, or came out on Tuesday, uh, he has Nevada as the two seed in the South region. Uh, which which would be in San Jose, which would be nice. Uh, they would take on Montana. The number one seed in that region would be Michigan. But if if they were to beat them, they'd face the winner of Marquette in Arizona, which I think would be interesting because Jordan Brown, right. Air, former, Air, they're a good team. They or they have been a good team, but this team, this bracket, I don't know if Michigan is. Uh, Michigan's pretty good this year. Yeah, I don't want to see Michigan. <laughs> I don't want to see Michigan either. No. But lo- um, looking at some other teams that Nevada uh, faces that are in the in the tournament, you have Arizona State is an eight seed currently right now. But that is that is about it for the oh South Dakota State would be a fifteen seed. So uh, Nevada hasn't. Like, people are discrediting Nevada's schedule, but there's nothing you can do. Like, Nevada's still trying to prove themselves as a top-10 team in the nation. Like, they didn't get this big Maui tournament like uh, Duke, Gonzaga. Like, but I think in years to come, if if the success is still here, if Moss is still here, we'll, we'll eventually get those tournaments. Right, and I think our scheduling, I think Moss and uh, Coach Ruta did a great job this year with scheduling, given what, Given what they had, we weren't invited, like you said, to any of these big uh, preseason tournaments like Maui Gym, like San Diego State was, or anything like that. But, I mean, they still put together the USC. They put together the ASU game. GCU is a great team. They put together that Sweet 16 mat rema- uh, rematch with Loyola Chicago, and including this South Dakota State team, who is a, gra- uh, who is a good team. So, um, I mean, I really think they did a great job picking our schedule, and... I think they put the road the road games on there because of the uh, strength. They wanted to get those road games and see how our team um, kind of adjusts to all that adversity on the road, um, back to back to back, so many times like that. But um, I mean, I think 
I think our strength of schedule it it could hurt us, but I, that's only if we um, lose upwards of like four or five games. Which which I don't think they they will. They don't. No they way. don't face. No way. They're looking at their remaining schedule. They we have South Dakota State. We have who do we play? We uh, have Akron, Akron, Utah, mm-hmm. and then we get into conference play. Right. So I do. I don't think Utah is that good of a team. No. Uh, Akron not so hot. Mm-mm. And then don't even get started on the Mountain West. No, the Mountain West they go uh, at Utah State, New Mexico. That's gonna be a tough game at New Mexico. Right. San Jose State uh, at Fresno at Boise. Air Force not very good. Colorado State at Nevada Southern Boise. Like they don't travel to Boise State. The only two tough games on the road are obviously San Diego State and um, at New Mexico because those are two of the toughest places to play. Right. Although I think Wyoming might be tough because of the altitude. But looking at some Nevada basketball, like uh, uh, they Nevada is in the hunt for five star recruit Kyrie Walker. Uh, he's listed Nevada as a top three along with what is Memphis and Kentucky. Yep. So that would be an absolute huge get for the Wolfpack. He's currently listed by ESPN as the third-ranked small forward in the nation, number one player out of Arizona, uh, 13th best best player in the country. He uh, his, fi- his grade is 93. So I do think he'd be a huge get for the Wolfpack, uh, seeing that um, well Jordan Caroline uh, Jordan Brown was the biggest pick, but he was a he was towards the end of the. Uh, Five star, but this is a kid that's really good. He comes from Hillcrest Prep in Phoenix. That's where I think KJ Himes played. So that'd be good if uh, KJ and uh, Kyrie Walker, former high school teammates, could play together. Right. That'd that'd be huge. Yeah, and uh, I think Kyrie even talked about it on a, a interview. He said that he he continues to talk to KJ and about Nevada. So it's just cool to see. Um, I mean, I don't think okay that that's a potential one and done player. And, yeah, and and it's crazy to see that him um, having Nevada in his top three, and so um, I think that oh, I especially attribute. along the likes of what you've seen Memphis been right, doing. Right, they got a they got the first uh, what James Washington. Right, yeah. Uh, so and I and I do think Penny Hardaway has done a fantastic job at Memphis, but uh, it, it's still interesting to see that Nevada's competing with these five star recruits. This is like must built his team on transfers, and. I wonder if that's going to change. Like Kyrie Walker might might switch something, and which, right. which you see more five star recruits coming to Nevada. Yeah, I mean he could be, he could be that one, um, that first guy to really change the culture of um, our transfer kind of transfer heavy team, um, with the potential of being a one done kind of player, and the fact that he could come to Nevada is kind of crazy in my eyes, especially because of our the state of our basketball team when we first came into college our freshman year. It was it was it's crazy to think about how it's gone up so much. Um but if we could if we could get Kyrie Walker and um and all the other recruits that have been kind of floating our name around their uh, mentions would would be crazy. And um, the, the fact that you mentioned the state of Nevada basketball, they were practicing in Lawler. They built a brand right. new practice facility that's state of the art. Um, but I do think Nevada Nevada has a legit shot to go undefeated. Knock on wood, thirty one and zero. But I and I, it's going to be interesting to see, especially how these last three road games. Or these lesser non-conference games, I think Nevada has to come out uh, on fire on Saturday because this is their first game in front of 
the uh, home front home uh, fans and they've been dying to see this team in action it, you don't see a lot of students traveling down to uh, traveling to Chicago traveling to LA or to Phoenix to watch this team so I think and all they can do is watch on TV so I think I think we'll have a very big attendance for Saturday's game yeah I think people are excited um and I, I think they cannot come out slow they can't come out complacent against South Dakota State um People people want to see them put up a lot of points. People want to see them high flying, dunking, blocking, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I, I agree. They need to come out hot against South Dakota State and and show um, the you know the Lawler crowd what they can do and get it get it rocking. And I, I'm excited to see what they can do on Saturday. I really am. All right. With that being said, we are going to take a quick break and then jump into some other sports. are back from break thank you guys for listening to us uh on whatever platform it may be whether it's uh at wolfpack radio itunes or soundcloud uh we appreciate all the support uh you guys have given us through through from the time we started to now just starting as a sports podcast and blooming our way into a sports media company that is able to live tweet games create award-winning documentaries and whatnot but throwing it back to about the beginning of time uh, we created this podcast uh, a segment we we like to call pack uh, pack player of the week and this week's pack player of the week is Cam Oliver who's absolutely tearing it up uh, for the Delaware Blue Coats last or er, on Monday night he got a shout out from uh, Scott Van Pelt he dropped 22 points and had a sick windmill dunk but on the year Cam Oliver's been killing it for the uh, Blue Coats he's averaging 14 points a game seven boards Two and a half blocks or two point two blocks, while shooting fifty seven percent from the from the field, and it's good to see Cam Oliver uh, having this much success. Yeah, um, I think Cam Oliver is um, definitely that one guy where every Pack fan thought he was going to go to the NBA, and I and still thinks he he will. I and I definitely think he will. Um, I mean, he's absolutely killing it in the G League right now, and um, I think just time will tell how good he will truly be and um I think he gets his shot sooner than later in my opinion he's only been getting better every single year he's been in the G League um it was more of in my opinion kind of like just an adjustment thing that he needed to get used to and um and I think he's and we're all seeing the 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 rewards that he's getting as of um, putting in that hard work now um, 14 points per game and seven rebounds and, you know, 2.3 blocks. That's crazy. I think, I think he's doing great getting shouted out by, uh, Scott Van Pelt's great. And, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, not only in the G league, but soon to be in the NBA, in my opinion. Look, Cam Oliver went undrafted, uh, after sophomore year, uh, was picked up by the Rockets. Thought he had a good, uh, summer camp, but then an unfortunate break of his hand, which allowed him to get wave. Uh, then played for the Sixers organization last year. Uh, was picked up in training camp by the uh, 
by the Trailblazers, and now he's back with the Blue Coats. So I do think it's a matter of time until you might be you might be seeing him playing alongside Joel Embiid with the Sixers. And I and it's it's good to see him having success because this was one of the players after he broke his hand. He's like we all thought, oh yeah, he would have benefited greatly from being here one more year. But obviously, we can't look back at the past. He's he's having a good year, and we he might be a G League All Star this year. Uh, but he's definitely a, a human highlight reel. Oh yeah, I mean, we all saw it in Lawler. I mean, the dunks that he can throw down is truly insane. Um, I think any NBA team truly will would be lucky to have him. We know that. I mean, if you look at the talent level in the NBA right now, it's truly. Um, I think there's a really big gap between the the very top elite and then just sort of people that are coming off the bench in the NBA. And um, I think there'd be no. I think anyone can make an argument right now that. Cam could be on an NBA team um, coming off the bench and supplying minutes for an NBA team. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him, and, and it'd be great to see him definitely, like you said, play alongside the likes of, you know, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and um, to, to really play for the Sixers, and that'd be great. Uh, it'd, it'd be a dream come true for a Pac fan to see him play in the NBA, and um, I think he could do it, and he'd be continuing to throw down highlight reel dunks in the NBA. Yeah, and according to the NBA G League website, he's listed at 6'8", so he could play the four position. Uh, we know how freakishly athletic he is. Uh, he he He's pretty good on the defensive end, grabbing seven boards, six uh, six of those uh, on the defensive end, but he can also block shots, affect... Uh, so he's averaging 2.2 2. 2 blocks a game and one steal per game. So he, he does draw, for me, a comparison to now is a much lighter version of Zion Williamson. Like, Zion Williamson is 60 pounds heavier than Cam Oliver, but they're the same height, they're the same type of build. So um, if Zion can get some playing time, I think Cam Oliver right. could get playing time in the NBA. I think he should. He's This is someone who's put in a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, he he could have left after his freshman year, didn't, decided to come back. They made the, they made the tournament, lost to Iowa State. But then he really did show uh, how much he improved working on his game, especially after breaking his hands. Yeah, I think it's just uh, kind of a transfer of what we've all seen him do at Lawler. If you've seen him play um, for the pack, it's just almost like he's just doing it at a higher level now in the G League. Um, he was throwing down highlight reel dunks in Lawler, and he's doing the same thing now. He was putting up monstrous blocks almost seems like every game, and that's what he's doing now in the G League. So it's good to see him doing what he's been, what he does best at a really high level. Um, the G League is still a really high level of competition. These are players that um, are fighting uh, like nail and tooth to get into the NBA. So these guys are putting their effort out every single night. And, um, I mean, as a fan of – not only obviously the wolf pack but it's a fan of cam oliver you want him you want him to succeed and you want him to do well and i think um he has a bright future and um i think he can do do great things in the nba if we could just have the return of uh the highlight bros of him and uh, him and uh, jordan carroll right that'd be great they literally put on a show night in and night out for uh the fans on Lawler. and it was just great to see because uh I think Cam Oliver also pushed Jordan Caroline to play at a next level, and that's and that's what we're seeing out of Jordan Caroline this year. And I and I do think that's all help from a Cam Oliver because 
I think I believe they were the clo- they were really close friends. Cam Oliver was talking to Joe and Caroline uh, during when JC announced that he was gonna declare for the draft and ultimately decided to come back. So I think I think it, it is good to see that they still have that friendship and they're still pushing each other to to play uh, exceptional basketball. Yeah, and you can draw a lot of parallels to the type of game they play too. Um they're both they're both hard nosed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're both hard nosed. Jordan may be a little bit more of a shooter. Um but they they definitely play almost the same way. Um hard nose, get to the basket, um kind of basketball. They can both throw down incredible dunks. Um so I definitely think Cam Oliver was kind of that um that figure that Jordan Caroline was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play like him. I'm gonna I'm gonna play hard every single minute that I'm on the court, and that's exactly what Cam Oliver does. And I think he's reaping that uh, the rewards of that right now. Which I mean, he's putting up great numbers for the Blue Coats, and um, if he continues to do that, I think you know I keep saying it, but I think he's just gonna have a bright future in the NBA. Um, no ifs, ands, buts about it. And I think we're gonna see him in a Sixers uniform really soon, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I think that. Uh, he he is having a year whatever whatever he's done over the past um, past couple of so years he's definitely uh, been killing it he he's definitely um, someone to watch especially in in the G League and I do think that um, he he'll he'll I think he'll get a shine eventually especially if maybe an, I, I won't I won't I wouldn't wish this on my enemy but if an injury happens right. uh, you might see him. Uh, they they are uh he is having one of the best uh one of the best seasons uh, on the team or stats on the team and you don't really see G League players uh get a lot of uh love from a national sports anchors like Scott Van Pelt uh you can watch Cam Oliver their next game is on uh Thursday December 13th you can check it out on ESPN Plus where they face the Rio Grande Valley Vipers and I swear the G League, the G League has some of the most ridiculous team names. They have the Agua Caliente Clippers, the Capital City Go Go. Uh, what else is ridiculous? The Maine Red Claws, the Memphis Hustle. I like the Go Go. The Go Go, the Canton Charge, the Erie Bayhawks, the Long Island Nets, the Rio Rio Grande Vipers, the Wisconsin Herd, the uh, Sioux Falls Sky Force. There it is. And uh, uh, yeah, the Windy City Bulls. So I I swear the the G League is probably the most ridiculous league. Oh, you can't forget about the Lakeland Magic. But looking at another player we wanted to highlight uh, this year was Don Jackson. He was a part of the Grey Cup uh, winning team, the Calgary Stampeders. And for the year, uh, he had 160 rushes, 924 yards, three touchdowns, an average of 5.78. And it's good to see him actually doing well in the in the uh, Canadian Football League. He had that one game with the Packers on Thursday Night Football. Uh, had 32 rushing yards on 10, 10, uh, on 10 attempts, and then that was it for his NFL career. But it's good to see him. He had a v- very big impact for the Stampeders, which ultimately led him to the Grey Cup, which is the equivalent of the, of the Super Bowl for the Canadian Football League. And in that Grey Cup game, he led the team in rushing with 14 attempts, for 53 yards, but he also had four receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown. So it's good to see Nevada Nevada Athletics having players who 
are succeeding. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we can kind of point to as an athletic program and be like, we produce this level of athletes at our school, and um, it's great to see. I think Don Jackson um, is another one of those players who um, that- I, I still think has a, has a bright future, in my opinion. Um, I, he just... I think he found it with the Stampeders, but it's just he needs a place um, that he can continue to get better at, and we've seen it with uh, the Stampeders. I mean, to win to winning the Grey Cup, that's that's a huge accomplishment, and to be on that team, to be a running back on that team, um, I think I think it's a great accolade to have, and um, I'm just excited to see him get the success that he's that he had at Nevada. Yeah, and I do think. Um... He was a really good running back in college. Uh, him and James Butler were a fantastic one-two duo. But I, I do think, I do think uh, Nevada, Nevada does put, produce products who are, are good in the Canadian Football League. Cody Fajardo won the Great Cup last year. Don Jackson won it this year. We don't know who's going to win it next year. But I do think Nevada, these football players, are playing the sport they love. They, they played. They're playing football professionally. They're making money playing football, which I think is all you can pretty much ask for. Right. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously football players' goal is to get into the NFL and be, you know, the superstar or whatever. But I, I totally agree. If you can make a living on what you love to do, which obviously for these guys is to play the sport they love, um, then I think it's an amazing accomplishment. And we've all said we've we just want to see the best uh, – for the guys that have put on uh, for Nevada, and and we're seeing it. So um, I'm just really happy for uh, our guys that are getting a shot to uh, play at that next level and to see them perform at the level they are is um, is really awesome. I can And I really hope that they continue to do more as the uh, years go on, and I think we will see that with both Don Jackson and Cam Oliver. Yeah, and I do think uh, you – uh, there are some other Wolfpack players, obviously in the pros, but I think over time, uh, over time, you'll see more and more get the shine, uh, as we saw with Fajar- Cody Fajardo, Don Jackson. But I do think over the next couple of years, Nevada will produce more pro products. Uh, wrapping up today's show, looking at uh, the Wolfpack calendar, there are not many events this week. Only two: men's basketball, women's basketball, women's basketball host. Texas Tech at 1 p.m. Uh, and that that game is at Lawler, uh, followed by the men's game at 6. Uh, but there's special promotion running for both games. If you use your men's ticket, you can get into the women's game for free. Anyone who attends the women's game uh, can purchase a ticket to the men's game for just $10. It is also ugly sweater, ug- ugly holiday sweater day. So come out, support the Wolfpack. Uh, any final thoughts, Austin? Yeah, I mean, uh, what more could you ask for on a beautiful Saturday than a doubleheader, right? Um, so get out to Lawler and uh, support your basketball teams. Um, it should be a great game either way on both sides, uh, women's and basketball, or women's and men's basketball. And, um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, and we will see you guys next week.